Please be advised that this podcast is not a production of the City of Greater Bendigo. The views and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas of the City of Greater Bendigo Council or organisation. Young people are the future, and this week the City of Greater Bendigo Youth Council launched the new Youth Action Plan. It was also a week where we welcomed 67 new Australian citizens to Greater Bendigo, and the City announced ways that you can get rid of your old textiles. Hello, my name is Matthew Evans, and welcome to the very first episode of my new weekly podcast, In Our Local Community. Well, hello and welcome to the very first episode of In Our Local Community, my new weekly podcast. It's really great to have you. My name is Matthew Evans. I'm an Epilogue Ward Councillor at the City of Greater Bendigo. So wherever you're listening to this podcast from, whether it's your favourite podcast platform, wherever you get your favourite podcasts, or if you're actually watching the video podcast on my YouTube channel, thank you for joining me and thank you for taking the time to Listen in to what's happening in our local community, not just the name of the podcast, of course, but also literally what's happening in Greater Bendigo. So we're going to be talking about some of the things that have happened over the week that's just been. We'll talk about issues in local government more broadly. And of course, we'll talk about the issues that matter to you. And as always, if you've got any questions, if you've got any comments, uh, feedback or suggestions or anything that you'd like to know uh, that you'd like me to talk about, then feel free to get in touch. All my contact details are on my website, mattyevansmedia.com. You can also connect with me via social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn, I'm pretty sure. And of course, TikTok as well. So feel free to get in touch if you have any feedback or if you'd like any questions answered on this very podcast. Now, as I've alluded to in the introductory episode of this podcast, uh, I'm still getting used to terms with, I'm still getting used to how to do a podcast and how to put it all together, how to record audio, uh, to film. Uh, Even though I'm relatively well practiced, uh, this is still a very much a new thing for me. And I will also, if you're watching the video podcast, you'll see me look at my notes and I shouldn't draw too much attention to this because, you know, it's okay to check your notes from time to time. But uh, for those who have a particular ick about people looking at notes as they're talking, well, then I'm sorry for that. But um, do bear with me as I get better at doing podcasts and as this concept continues to evolve. In this week's edition of the podcast, we're going to talk about a lot of things that have been happening in Greater Bendigo. We're not going to be able to cover them all, but we're going to discuss a couple of things. As I mentioned off the top of the show, we're going to talk about the Youth Action Plan. We're going to unpack that further, what it means and what it means for you and for young people. We'll talk about the Bendigo Gasworks Tour that I went on with with my fellow councillors and some city staff. What a fascinating site that uh, tour that was. So looking forward to getting into that. I will also talk about the citizenship ceremony, which again, a wonderful event, and we'll talk about more about that. And we'll also talk about some of the news that's been happening in the Greater Bendigo space. Uh, I mentioned, uh, well, I'm going to mention uh, textiles in a minute, uh, but also there's been some other wonderful things that have happened, which have been of the interests of many in the community I've, uh, I very much am aware of. So 
So we're looking forward to unpacking that further. And we'll also talk about some of the things that are happening in the week ahead, including one of the biggest events, one of the major events that are happening in Heathcote this weekend over the King's birthday long weekend. And you probably know the event that I'm talking about, but we'll just give it a bit of a tease. So tune in, keep listening, and we'll find out more about that event. So let's get straight into it. Let's talk about some of the things that have happened in the community over the past week. It's now time to discuss the news and events of the past week. Some of the things that have been happening in Greater Bendigo, but some of the things that I have been up to. And it's been a big week in terms of news. And you might have heard some of these developments But in case you haven't, or if you have, you're just interested to know my take on them, then we're going to discuss them now. And we're not going to be able to cover all of them because there's just so much happening in Greater Bendigo, of course. But we're going to just uh, touch on a couple of them right now. So the first one we're going to talk about is the new textile recycling points at local transfer stations. Now, if you've got some old clothes or old shoes that you're looking to chuck away, don't chuck them in the general waste because the city now has a way that you can properly dispose of your old textiles in an environmentally and sustainable friendly way. So the city uh, this week has just announced that Greater Bendigo residents can now recycle their unwanted textiles for free at new drop-off points located at the Stratford Say, Heathcote and Guanong transfer stations. The textiles that can be accepted at the new drop-off points include clean clothing such as pants, skirts, jackets, etc., and linen items such as sheets, pillowcases, blankets, towels, cushions and pillows, dunas, pairs of shoes, and any material and yarn offcuts. The textiles that are not accepted include swimwear and underwear, backpacks, mattresses and mattress protectors, curtains with hooks and eyelets, and reusable shopping bags. And it's important to note that commercial quantities of textiles will not be accepted either. So you basically can't hoard all these textiles and dispose of them. That's not the way that it's going to happen. So so pretty big news, actually. It's actually a big thing that a lot of people have been interested in. Of course, managing our waste is a big thing. Earlier in the year, we announced changes to the frequency of bin collection when your general organics and recycling bin will be collected. So it's all part of the strategy to minimizing uh, the waste that's going to landfill and dealing with things in an environmentally friendly way. And I know that in previous initiatives that the city has had in terms of managing our textiles and managing our waste, that these sorts of things have been front of mind. How do we properly recycle and reuse our uh, our old textiles? So that's a bit of big news coming out of the news this week. So of course, for more information and what you need to know about that, head to the city's website. Uh, but also there's a very good post on the city's Facebook page if you want to head out and check that. But the big news is is that Greater Bendigo residents can now recycle their unwanted textiles for free at the Stratfield Say, Heathcote and Gornong transfer stations. So pretty big news, a great win for the environment there and we're looking forward to seeing that being rolled out very soon. Of course, stay tuned for more announcements regarding the initiatives that the City of Greater Bendigo will be taking, including the implementation of the uh, changes to frequency of the bin collections. Also making news this week, Lani Garingalang has a new tenant. 
The city has signed a lease with AC and JR Group, the team behind the award-winning restaurant The Lost Cow, Phillip Island. And they're opening a new venture at Lani Garingalang. It's called Umaru Bendigo, and it's basically going to be a new restaurant, which is absolutely fantastic. I've had a look at their website. I'm excited by the prospect, and it looks like that there's a really strong alignment with the city's UNESCO City of Gastronomy accreditation. And when I looked at the website, it was particularly pleasing to see the prospect of an 18-hour cooked beef brisket and a flash-fried calamari dish, which it all looks impressive. So, of course, Umaru Bendigo, you can follow them on Instagram, uh, head to their Facebook page, or if you're on TikTok, follow them. Their website, umarubendigo.com.au, that's where you can keep up to date with how they're progressing and you can stay up to date and in tune for an announcement regarding their official opening. So, That's all very exciting. Uh, I've already seen what they're doing on their Facebook page. Uh, I'm really excited by that. And of course, such wonderful news. I know that since Lani Garingalang had officially opened, a lot of people were wondering when there was going to be a tenant. It has been a little while in the making. I know that many would have liked this to have progressed sooner rather than later. But the fact that it's happening, the fact that there is going to be a new venture working out of Lani Garingalang, it's really going to activate that space. So there's a lot of excitement. And like everyone, I'm looking forward to finding out when the official opening is. And I understand it to be uh, hopefully over the next couple of months. So huge news in the White Hills community. So exciting news for Bendigo and Heathkit this week as both towns have reached the finals of the 2023 TAC Victorian Top Tourism Town Awards for the third year in a row. What a phenomenal effort that is. Bendigo has been shortlisted in the Top Regional Town category and Heathkit has been shortlisted in the Small Regional Town category. Of course, last year Bendigo scooped up gold in this category and went on to win silver at the National Top Tourism Town Awards. And Heathcote won the bronze in the Victorian Top Tourism Town uh, Awards last year in the small regional town category. So it's great to see that Bendigo and Heathcote are recognised once again. Of course, we know why Bendigo and Heathcote are fabulous places. I don't just say that because Heathcote's in my ward and I'm a councillor in Greater Bendigo. But we all know why Bendigo is so great. We've got wonderful attractions. We've got the Bendigo Art Gallery. We've got the trams. We've got the gold mine. We've got the great stupa. We've got a lot of wonderful things. We've got such wonderful natural beauty. We've got the the Roslyn Park Precinct. We've got the QEO. A lot of people love that. We also got great national parks. We've got so many things on offer at so many different times. A lot of people come up here to enjoy that. There's also many major events that happen here, whether they be junior sporting tournaments, whether they be, I think there was a bridge competition recently. So Bendigo is certainly a destination and so is Heathkit. So we all need to make sure that we're voting for Bendigo and Heathkit. So I'm just going to share with you how you can do that. So basically, you've got to head to the website, www.vtick.com au forward slash top tourism town the uh if you're watching the video podcast i've just put the link on my screen now and i'll put a the link in the description so make sure you head there click vote now select bendigo and heathkit and pop your details in to go into the draw to win a prize now from what i understand it's a weekend for two in a luxury hotel in melbourne with dining vouchers and tickets to a melbourne attraction so there's a bit of an incentive there but of course There's also the great incentive of community pride. So 
We've got to get out there and vote, Greater Bendigo. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you live in Greater Bendigo and you listen to this podcast, or if you're not from Greater Bendigo and you listen to this podcast, make sure you vote for Bendigo and Heath get in the Top Tourism Town Awards for 2023. course another wonderful thing to happen during the week which i mentioned off the top of the show was that we had another wonderful amazing citizenship ceremony at the bendigo town hall on wednesday evening where we officially welcomed 67 new australian citizens to greater bendigo and it's absolutely fantastic and i said this in the introductory episode in previewing this i say this all the time and i mean this when i say this citizenship ceremonies are easily the best part of local government. Being in the room when you're welcoming the newest members, the newest Australian citizens to the community in an official sense, they're such a wonderful thing. And to go there and see the smiles and the the happy faces where individuals and families become Australian citizens, it's literally one of the most joyous things ever. And uh, the most recent uh, one that we had on Wednesday night, I was particularly pleased to see uh, someone named Deb who works locally in the community, uh, who was a, who was born in Papua New Guinea. Now, for those who are not familiar, my mum uh, is born in Papua New Guinea. So when I heard that, uh, first of all, someone from Papua New Guinea was becoming an Australian citizen, and then I found that that, that Deb is uh, was to become an Australian citizen in Greater Bendigo, I was really excited. So after the formal ceremony had completed, I went over to Deb. I met with Deb's family and we were able to have a really good chat. I got a couple of photos with them and you can see those photos on my Facebook page, on my Instagram, on my social media more broadly. But it's seriously one of the most joyous things and it it is quite literally, as I say, at nauseam, it's the best thing about local government. It's the best thing about uh, the civic process. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that the state and federal MPs, everyone that just like everyone that's involved in a citizenship ceremony, the people from BV&E, Bendigo Venues and events that put the event together with Jamie Cale, uh, who I know does a fantastic job. It's just a wonderful event all around. And especially in the Bendigo Town Hall, and it's such a beautiful building and the inside of the building is just phenomenal. And to think that that building was one vote away from being demolished. Can you believe that? And I, some people don't believe that either, that the Town Hall was going to be demolished uh, and it was one vote away, but thankfully it wasn't and has, it has been restored to uh, such a fantastic thing. So there's no better place, I reckon, to become a new Australian citizen than the Bendigo Town Hall. And again, a wonderful thing that we do to welcome the newest members to the city of Greater Bendigo. So if you're a new citizen to Greater Bendigo, if you were there on Wednesday night and you happen to have to be watching this episode, congratulations on becoming an Australian citizen. It's just really fantastic. Just quickly, I wanted to mention that we had a bit of a tour of the Galkangu building, uh, or GovHub as some might call it. We just got to see where our space is going to be in that new building, and people are getting familiar with the new building, whether that's city staff or staff from other departments. So everyone's starting to get familiar with that building, and gradually people will start moving in. So I'm not sure when the official move-in date will be, but I'm sure that people in the community will be aware of that. And of course, one thing that has happened in the community, which is not council-related, but 
it's something that has touched the lives of so many and it's touched everybody really and that is the tragic passing of Dallas Keogh Franklin. Uh, of course, for those who uh, have seen in the news that Dallas unfortunately lost his life playing footy against Kyneton last week and just so incredibly devastating, especially doing something that I'm sure Dallas loved and that was playing footy and it was quite a traumatic experience for the players both from Castlemaine and Kyneton and the support from uh, for the clubs for Dallas's family uh, has been immense and a lot of you will have seen the social media campaign put your boots out for Dallas which has garnered a wide range of support not just from the Castlemaine football netball club community not just from Kyneton's perspective but from the BFNL more, more broadly, uh, from other football clubs in the region right across the state. It was felt far and wide. I even saw that Castlemaine had shared a story that Trent Cochin had done uh, putting out his boots for, for Dallas as well. So it was quite remarkable. And I mentioned this as well because, of course, the club that I play for and I'm associated with, Golden Square, played Castlemaine on the weekend uh, down at Camp Reserve in Castlemaine. And I was timekeeping for the reserves game, but I was there to watch the under-18s game between Castlemaine and Golden Square. Now, a remarkable, phenomenal effort for the game to even go ahead. It wasn't happening originally, but then it happened because uh, basically the players wanted to play, the family wanted the games to go ahead for business to be usual, uh, to be as uh, business as usual, I should say. But also it was a phenomenal effort and the Castlemaine under-18s, his teammates, Dallas's teammates, they ended up winning a very close game and it was just what the club needed and it was such a, a wonderful thing. So, and I also, uh, after the timekeeping, the reserves game, I watched the first quarter of the seniors game and of course, Dallas's brother plays in the senior side, Ash plays in the senior side for Castlemaine and uh, he, it was so close to scoring a couple of goals there in the first quarter and it would have been such a wonderful moment. So, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful, um, sombre, but really special thing to be part of. And I'm particularly proud of being part of a club like Golden Square who were very respectful. And I know that Castlemaine are very thankful for Golden Square for the role that they've played over the weekend. But just a huge... I just want to take this opportunity to give my, my full admiration and praise to the Castlemaine Football Netball Club and most importantly Dallas's family in all of the things that have happened over the past week to remember Dallas. So such a, a wonderful uh, thing that has been happening and um, yeah, he certainly won't be forgotten and I know that this is something that the community more broadly has felt. <laughs> So finally, on a more positive note, I just want to give a special shout out to Chris Eddy from the Victorian Local Governance Association for his shout out on his podcast, Local Government News Roundup. Now, I mentioned in the introductory episode that there weren't too many podcasts covering local government. Well, Chris's podcast does. It actually talks about some of the news that is happening in local government right across Victoria, right across Australia, right across the world, would you believe? So... It's actually a very good podcast that lets you know what's happening in the local government sector more broadly, and it's certainly a podcast that's worth tuning in. Now, I'll provide a link to the podcast on the screen now if you're watching the video podcast, but also I'll provide it in the description. But of course, after you've listened to this episode, if you once you've listened to In Our Local Community, 
uh, you can head over to that podcast and find out more about what's happening in the local government sector more broadly. And it's very good of Chris to give us a shout out because he also gives a shout out to any new podcasts that are happening. There's also another uh, vodcast or vlogcast. I'm not sure what the correct term is there, but there's one that Bullockshire have actually put together that uh, is worth tuning in in terms of the, it's about the flood recovery effort. So that's a fantastic one that you might want to listen to there. And yes, that's basically the news and events from the week that's just been. We're now going to talk about a visit to the Bendigo Gasworks site that I made on Monday during the week. So a few of my fellow councillors and I, along with city staff, went on a tour of the Bendigo Gasworks site at Waruna Avenue. And I was just amazed at what I saw. It's remarkable how well kept the site is. And a lot of work has gone into making sure that the buildings have not fallen apart but also that the land has been rehabilitated because obviously that with a mining legacy and that there's a lot of uh, nasty stuff, but that's largely been cleared out of the site. So there's been a lot of work done to preserve and protect the site. And it was just amazing to see what was on there, just the machinery, the infrastructure. There were a couple of trams on site, just a real fascinating insight into the history of Bendigo and basically what powered Bendigo, all that, which fed and led to Bendigo's prosperity. So it was really fascinating to see it. I'm very fortunate to have been on that tour. And I've posted some of the photos uh, to my social media. I've also shared a bit of it in my uh, my montage. If you're on Instagram and TikTok, you would have seen my uh, month in a minute or my monthly update that I do. And I've put some of the highlights in there. And it is a really fascinating insight into that. Uh, that post on Facebook actually got quite a bit of response, which really reflected the interest that people have in the Bendigo Gasworks site. And in reading some of the comments, I noticed that uh, there were two main sort of comments that were coming out. And that was basically the community being able to tour the site, but also what should be done about the site. So in terms of tours of the site, I know that the Bendigo branch of the National Trust recently hosted tours on the site. And uh, those tools are actually capped at 100 people, but it was oversubscribed. So there's a lot of popularity for seeing the site, seeing what's on the site, and having a look at what the history is of that site. And a lot of people drive pi- past it all, you know, most of the time and think, oh yeah, you sort of see it on the outside. But to see it up close and to see the, the history in, in, in detail is just phenomenal. So hopefully uh, that there'll be more tours. And uh, if there's more tours to come, I'll certainly provide a shout out on this podcast and share because I know based on the feedback that uh, the post got, that there were a lot of people who would love to check out the site. So if that happens, if there's more tours, I'll let you know about it, but I'm sure that it'll uh, be well known in the community very sure. So we'll make sure we promote that. But in terms of what the site could be in the future, there's so many opportunities and there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of ideas, there's a lot of inspiration, not just amongst the the council, uh, the city organization, but also in the community more broadly. So I would be interested to know what you think we should do with the site. The site is owned by the city and the possibility possibilities are endless. So what do you think should be done on the site? Please let me know in the comments or get in touch with me via social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And of course, you can find my contact details on my website, mattyevansmedia.com.
Now, I'm going to spend a fair bit of time talking about this next item because this item is of a particular interest of mine, but I'm very passionate about it. And of course, it's the Youth Action Plan for 2023-2024. Now, on Tuesday, last Tuesday, the Youth Action Plan 2023-2024 was officially launched at Yo Bendigo on Monday Street. Uh, it was a wonderful evening. So many people there. It was hosted by the Youth Deputy Mayors, Remus Brazier and Lily Carell. They did a fantastic job. Uh, the Mayor of the City of Greater Bendigo, Councillor Andrew Metcalf, and the Youth Mayor of the Youth Council of the City of Greater Bendigo, uh, Ryan Peterson, they spoke very well about the plan and the importance of it and the importance of empowering young people. Of course, there were many other things that were lovely about it. We heard from uh, two volunteers as part of the YO program, Ella and Connor, and they spoke about the opportunities they've been able to receive. And it was just so wonderful to hear their insights as well. Of course, the other highlight was um, the wonderful music played by Ryan McPartlane, who is very much an up-and-coming artist. He's a very talented musician and one to watch in the future but of course there were pizzas and chips and wonderful but also just great company and i really loved uh being there it was a wonderful celebration i know the deputy mayor was there too so it was a wonderful evening but what i wanted to talk about mostly was what is the youth action plan what is it about and i've got a copy of it here it's the that's what it looks like that's a copy of there and of course i'll provide a link to this in the description. I'll put a link on the screen now. So that's the Youth Action Plan. That's what it looks like. So what is the Youth Action Plan? What's the vision? What's the purpose? How many actions are there? And how is it put together? So like all good plans, it starts with a vision. And the vision that is set out in this action plan is that young people in Greater Bendigo are empowered to advocate for, engage with, and experience a positive community that allows them to make the most of life's opportunities. And the aim of the Youth Council Action Plan is to provide a clear and achievable plan that guides the city's commitment to young people. So right from the, the bat, it's about empowering young people. And there's a number of actions and initiatives that this action plan has. And it commits the city to continuing successful programs like the Youth Council, Yo Events, Yo Media, Ambido Youth Magazine, Skills Development, Training and Events, and activities that are safe and welcoming. It also commits the city to develop a youth awards program and support advocacy activities that improve young people's sense of public safety. Uh, there are 24 actions in this action plan under themes that cover health and well-being, safety and security, participation, connected to community and culture, and working towards a livable future. Uh, the development of the action plan was led by the City of Greater Bendigo Youth Council supported by the engaged communities team, including the wonderful team at Yo Bendigo. And there's too many people to mention. I'm not going to mention any names. There's so many, but you know who you are. You've done a fantastic job. And I just want to also thank those who contributed to the development of this, whether that was participating in workshops, uh, whether that was service providers, uh, local schools took part in workshops that were hosted by the Yo team, and other members of the community who provided feedback. I'm really thankful to your feedback, and it has led to the development of the Youth Action Plan. So a huge shout out to everyone involved. I encourage everyone to read the Youth Action Plan. I've provided a link in the description. Uh, it's on the screen now, but this is the new Youth Action Plan, and this is a plan that you need to know about so that we can help empower young people and we've got to make sure that we deliver it. And the best way to, live, uh, to deliver that is to work together.
So as you've heard, there's been quite a lot happening in our local community, so many things happening. And of course, if there's anything that you'd like me to mention, please get in touch, uh, get in touch via my, the contact details on my website or through social media. But I want to preview some of the things that are happening in the week ahead and things to come. Uh, first of all, there's the uh, official launch of the Axe Creek Protection Project, a project of the Stratfield and District's Community Enterprise. That's happening at Sinclair's Road in Stratfield Say, across the road there, and their flyer is on their Facebook page. So a huge shout out to the uh, to the Strath Enterprise there for the work that they're doing in rehabilitating the Axe Creek, and it's an exciting project, and I'll provide more of a, a review later in the next episode. And as I mentioned off the top of the show, there is a big event happening in Heathcote this weekend, and of course, it's the Heathcote On Show event. It's a big showcase right across the King's birthday, long weekend, a huge program. Check out the program uh, on the website, which is www.heathcoteonshow.com.au. I've put a link on the screen if you're watching the video podcast, but also in the description. And I'm particularly excited to attend the official opening of Envy Distilling, a new gin distillery in the Heathcote region. And of course, Heathcote is the place to be over the weekend. So if you want to know, you want to check that out, head to the website for more information and get involved because it's a wonderful event uh, and I'm looking forward to going along to that. In terms of some of the things I'm looking forward to attending, I'm looking forward to going along to the Raw Arts Awards presentation and showcase event on Thursday, the 8th of June at the Capitol Theatre on View Street. This is a great opportunity to view works from young creatives from right across the region in categories of visual arts, literature, digital media, and performing arts. And I will share the results from that in next week's episode because I'm a very big believer in promoting young people and highlighting the achievements of young people. And so that you know who the up-and-coming young artists, I mentioned one of them, Ryan McPartlane, in the story about the Youth Action Plan, but there are so many wonderful young people who are so amazingly talented. They're going places. It'll be great to see them uh, achieve their goals into the future. And a bit of background to that, I used to work at uh, one of the local schools in Bendigo, Bendigo Southeast College, and not only were there kids a part of the music program, but there were also kids a part of the Academy of Creative Arts, which, uh, again, amazingly talented people there. So, the Raw Arts Awards, very exciting. We'll do more of a wrap-up in next week's episode. But if you can get along to the presentation and showcase event at the Capitol Theatre, that's on Thursday, the 8th of June. So make sure, if you can get along to that, make sure you do. Of course, looking forward to episode two, which will be released next Monday, the 12th of June, the King's Birthday Public Holiday at 7am. I know some of you will probably be having a sleep-in, but... Uh, but it'll be live from 7am as per usual. You can listen to it, watch it before the big game between Melbourne and Collingwood. Go Dees. Uh, hopefully I don't get too much grief from Collingwood supporters. But anyway, it should be one to look forward to. So if you've got time to listen or watch this podcast before the big game or whatever you're doing on your long weekend, make sure you tune in next Monday, the 12th of June at 7am for episode two. And in that episode, I'm going to provide an update on the notice of motion that I had put forward early in the year regarding digital communications and telecommunications 
infrastructure in regional and rural communities and how that relates to the upcoming National Assembly of the Australian Local Government Association in Canberra. That event's happening. I'll be going along to that and I'll preview that trip a little bit in the next week's episode. And of course, we'll cover the news and events that have happened in the week ahead. So make sure you tune in to next week's episode. Now it's time to wrap up this episode and we've got through quite a lot. So thank you for being part of today's episode and for listening in. Before we wrap up, I just want to know what your thoughts are on some of the things that we discussed today. So if you have any questions, comments, any bit of feedback on what we discussed in this week's episode, or if there's anything that you'd like me to discuss in the next episode, episode two of In Our Local Community, then feel free to get in touch with me. Now, my contact details are on my website, mattyevansmedia.com, and you can get in touch with me via social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and of course, LinkedIn. So as I mentioned before, tune in to next week's episode, which will be on Monday, the 12th of June on the King's Birthday public holiday from 7 a.m. All episodes of the podcast, including this one, are available on my website, on my YouTube channel, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Take care. Enjoy the week ahead. Stay classy, Greater Bendigo, and see you in the local community.